Which is why I am. You can even fake it too, just by like body spraying your own boobs. Like, like you could, you could, you could highlight your own boobs at least for the camera to make them look more defined and like. I don't know. I, I guess, I guess also larger from afar. But of course, if you're doing porn, then like that, the the illusion kind of gets ruined immediately. Yeah, no, that does get ruined. But I mean, like a lot of people do that. First off, I mean, you can paint on abs. People do that all the time. And there's the the whole like cosplay Borderlands thing where they mark up like the stupid See, that's things. that's a stylistic choice at the very least. It just happens to like make your features pop out. I mean, what's better, no boobs or poppy cartoon boobs? I mean, let's be honest here. That's why we watch anime. Exactly. I mean, anime generally has huge, gigantic breasts anyway, so it's just like... And yeah. unfathomable physics. Like, did, did you see the one where they did the math on, uh, um, was it School of the Dead, or...? No. Um, I mean, I, either way, I didn't. I, I haven't seen the is video. Is that the show? School of the Dead. Or fucking not... Oh, my God. Uh, is that a Boba Fetsu lady who happens to have like sixty percent of high her school. body mass as a as, as boobles? Yeah, it is high school of the dead. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah, the the fucking samurai chick with the purpley hair. Um, but no, there was one part where somebody had a rifle and they fired, and they they the way they fired, they like shot and her they shot through her cleavage that was moving. Oh, I have actually seen that scene as a talking point for, like, really weird, stupid anime sniper tropes. That's very specific. Um, uh, okay, it was it was actually examining... We're, 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 we're fucking overboarding this with stupid information. Um, the whole video was essentially examining, uh, like, Sword Art Online, and uh, it was essentially him on a tangent himself saying about how Snipers in anime happen to be only one character archetype. Like, there's no person who's sniping because they're a pussy, which is not... Like, if I had to choose, a, like, a class in that type of game, it would be sniper. Not because I'm good at aiming, not because I'm good at, like, combat or have battle nerves. It's because I want to be seven kilometers away from... Any of the fucking anime action, because I know as soon as a guy spots me, I'm just like, well, nothing personal, kid. And then, like, he pops behind me and, like, yeah. <laughs> So, somebody actually did the full math. Yep. And, uh, 350 meters per second, and clip the breast floss a distance of, say, 10 centimeters in the same amount of time it takes the bullet to travel maybe 5 centimeters. Uh, if the bullet is moving at 350 meters per second at the time it takes the uh, breast to flop the 10 centimeters, it's 0.5 divided by 350 seconds since the breast must flop 10 centimeters in that same period of time to avoid getting struck by the bullet. That means they experience an average acceleration of A equals 0.2 over T squared, where T is the 0 0.5, 0 0.05 divided by 350, we already figured out, which comes to about 1 million meters per second squared of acceleration, or, yeah, about, a, 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 or, sorry, 10 million meters per second squared, which is an equivalent of 1 million Gs. Mm. The mm. so a typical no. car crash is about a hundred Gs. I, I was just about to say, like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, a human can withstand about ten to fifteen before his head turns the mush. A, a survivable car crash is apparently around a hundred Gs. <laughs> All right. Either way, um, well, I'm sure a lot of those Gs are like absorbed by the frame and stuff, but you'd still hit a lot of those, a lot, a lot of that impact. Either way, so not only. Here's, here's the gift. Yeah, I, I, I just, just to as put soon, it all as in context. As soon as you said the boob yeah. things, I yeah. knew exactly what you yeah. were talking about. Yeah. 
I don't. I never actually put that in perspective, but that those are fucking fast tits. Yeah, no, they would vaporize. They are literally fast at like fastest tits has a no like a whole new meaning. Yeah, and that meaning is a million G's, which would not only destroy her, but probably would destroy a lot of the area around her as well. Actually, it depends. Boobs aren't like very massive, but if a lot of G's are like, it, it would just, it, they would blow up essentially. At oh, the yeah, very probably. least, they the, they would be just <laughs> they would be missed. There's there's a thing called ablation mm. that would happen, mm. and the moment that that sort of physics situation would occur, her tits would literally catch fire. So f- because the air cannot move out of the way of the tits that fast, yeah. So the friction of the air on her tits would cause fire, burn, explode, dead. Offer that one shot, man. Offer that one shot. Anime's weird. Anime's great. (laughs) So, yeah. Anime's great. I love also... And I know it's going to happen. Everyone knows it's going to happen. In Fate Apocrypha, there's this one character who's essentially like, I'm a homunculus, so I only have three years to live. Oh, look, I'm just going to wander out. And then, like, he happens to be the whole entire frame of, like, one entire... Actually, whole entire frame of that entire beginning, like, as soon as he popped up, he, he was the main character for a little while. That man's going to die. That man's going to die. He's going to have his fucking brain stuck in a fucking goal, I and mean, it's going to be awesome. But... I mean, <coughs> pardon me. Spoilers, I guess. It's episode four. Yeah, you've, I know. you've seen episode four, right? Yes. I mean, Sieg- Siegfried takes his heart out and just sticks it in him. He's like, "Here you go." Now, the last time we saw somebody get given a heart, they turned into the Grail. They got all goopy. Oh yeah, no, he's he's not gonna get. He's gonna get opposite goopy. This one, he's not gonna get. Oh, he might get goopy. Okay, hold on. Right. Follow with me here. So the last one, the Grail needed a heart to essentially proliferate in the world. Now they took a human and gave it a homunculus heart to make a Grail. Yeah. But now we have a homunculus that got given a servant's heart, which could be arguably human, but evidently, even when they're doing story time with Siegfried, like Siegfried. Yeah. Okay. Story time with Siegfried, he was definitely still like mystical power, fucking huge bad. I'm actually surprised the humans that he pretty much allowed himself to be killed by, in his little story, uh, managed to kill him, which is how overpowered the servants are. I, so far, the series does not make the biggest storyline sense to me. Here's the thing. Tight Moon, in general. It's very Tight Moon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a whole lot of, like... Okay, picture picture a story like a, like a vehicle of some sort. Like they need to take the plot and go over the bridge. Normally, if you want to be boring, you fill up your plot cart and then you just fucking push it over the bridge. Handy dan like very neat job gets done. Some other like directors and like uh, some some story writers they're like I want to make this I want to spice it up make it interesting. Uh, I want like a fucking boat to make a separate path for me, and I'm going to ramp over the boat. It's going to be awesome, you know. It's going to be good. Lots of ambition there. Uh, Tight Moon and other anime plots seem to have the uh, precognition that not only do you have to construct the cart in which to hold the plot, but you also have to have the peasants uh, producing the plot to go to the cart 
have their own plot, so they also now need to take their baggage and plot and roll it over the bridge. But not only is it a bridge, but it's a retractable bridge that goes down uh, because there are skyships that fly over it, but also boats that go under it. So not only do you have to wait for those peasants to get their plot over to the actual plot fucking cart to get the plot started, but sometimes it just doesn't work because there are also pirates and those plots get stolen. That's that's anime in a nutshell. I would also like to say that during this entire situation of where they have to get the plot cart over with Tight Moon, they, they get it mostly over, and then partway through this wicked-ass sick jump that they planned also prior to this, uh, the plot cart gets lost mid-jump. <laughs> <laughs> and they have to find it, and like... And, 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 one thing leads to another, and now like one plot peasant and the one plot constructor are like... They, they decide to live together in the woods, and like they're like, all right, we're going to build a plot firm here, and then they cultivate the plot, and then as the plot fucking carriage is being built by the one remaining plot guy who now has a grudge against the, pot, the, the plot peasant that got lost in the woods now has a family in there, uh, they are cultivating plot to go up to the plot cart to get across the bridge. That's pretty much Tight Moon in a nutshell. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, that's a lot of anime, but Tight Moon... Has, the type mood is special in that it had just one one extra step to it, and that's that's what makes them interesting. So, <coughs> like me. as much as I'll, I'll give a shit the type mood all day every day, I still like I'm still liking Apocrypha, even though it's it's definitely feeling rushed. Like we have the entire side of the Yig Millennia, whatever guys that are like you know they've they've summoned their servants, they've done some story, we know who's like what kind of character quirks they all have. But then we also have the other guys who we've opened on the guy who the, the master of saber, and also fucking Shiro's there. So are they the good guys? But like those are the only two masters that we've really been introduced to because everyone else is like a nameless, faceless fucking idiot. You see, I'm feeling they wanted to uh, the contract they signed. They were they, they thought, all right, so we're gonna do Fate Stay Night again, but in our new like plot and anime form. However, they signed up to have the exact same length as Fate's Day, uh, which is not going to work, uh, because Fate's Day, Fate's Day wasn't rushed. It was a lot of plot going really fast, but it wasn't rushed. Uh, and that was only, like, what, four characters that you got to see all of the time, plus two background characters. Uh, so, like, a grand total of probably six characters plus servants. And a lot of the servants, such as Medusa, she got insta-gibbed, she's faceless. Uh, Hercules, there's not a lot of character to write besides she, like, he likes one of the characters. Uh, everything else was just, like, typical anime battle stuff. And, again, the plot was, like, the plot was on, the plot was on max gear the entire time. And Fate Zero, actually, like, Fate Zero was decently paced for what they had to work with. Fate Zero was the best. Yeah, Fate, Fate Zero, they, oh, I have a feeling they were like, alright, so Fate Stay Night, uh, we had... Lots of ambition for, but we had to rush it. We had to, like, focus on several different things, and we decided to do, like... We decided to do, instead of several different things which we needed to focus on, only a few bits that we know people are going to resonate with, and then we're going to move forward. And Fate Zero was like, all right, so we have all of this material. What do we want to focus on? This, this, and this? Sweet. This is our fa- like this is our favorite stuff. We know what to focus on in, like, storyboarding, as opposed to just going, like... I- as opposed to just... Here's here's storyboards for each of them. What do you want, essentially? Like, I have a feeling Fate Stay Night was... We had to plan for every 
plot point, and then Fate Zero was like, here are all the plot points we want to cover. Well, the problem I think with Fate Stay <coughs> Night is the first series was like heavily based, because there's three roots of the visual novel, and when you have that much information in a visual novel, it's kind of hard to cram that all into that one, and I don't even know if they were good planning on making other roots into series, so I think they kind of had to sacrifice a little bit of like stuff they could just put in other series yeah. into this one just to kind of make it a cohesive, look, this is Fate Stay Night, the thing that we made in, into a full thing. And then they're like, oh, shit, we made a limited Blade Works. I guess that could have probably helped a little bit to well, alleviate some of the weird Fate Stay Night original pressure. Yeah, the funny thing is, is I, I think the reason why they're focusing on uh, Sakura um, in the next one is that she showed up for like, oh, hey... I'm a person that interacts with Shiro. Excellent. You know what? She's a quirky character. I like her. Oh, it looks like her wrist got burned or, like, got, got bruised and stuff. I wonder what that's about. Oh, goodbye. Like, we're not going to see you for the legitimately the rest of yep. the series. Uh, <laughs> and what would she... First of all, she has a fucking family line. And you wouldn't know this unless you watched Fate Zero or, like, actually had the visual novel knowledge me. in hand. But, like... She's literally a penis brain maggot victim, yep. and her family is just like, you lost your servant? They're not going to sit down on that. I, As much as I don't want uh, her to, like, suffer, um, I am very excited to see what she actually did, i.e. how much she suffered during the fucking Holy Grail War. Well, see, yeah, because Fate's Day Night, the original, um, I guess, Unlimited Blade Works, focused on your, your Shiro, your Saber, your Rin, your Archer... And then, kind of your Ilya and Hercules in a way. Essentially, uh, in my opinion, um, it felt like a revolving door of villain. Like you knew everyone else, but first you had to deal with Ilya and Berserker, and then now that they fucked off and they're an established threat, we had to go deal with Caster. And then yeah. after that, like just before that, like uh, Assassin came in and just like, oh, since you're not gonna get through here, oh, you got through here, that's fine. But at least then it's like. We have our main characters, and here's our host of villains. Yeah. And then Unlimited Blade works pretty much the same thing. Now we're just kind of, our focus is more shifted on Archer being kind of a self-serving asshole, whatever. Yeah. Here's your villain still. Here's kind of similar plot points. But tight, or not tight move, um, it's still tight move, but uh, Fate Zero brought it back, and it was like, Kodamina Kire, Saber, Gilgamesh, Ryder, and then their masters. Yeah. And it just kind of focused on them because they all had different fights with different people. Yeah. And it was kind of more interesting to see how Ryder fought Caster, how Gilgamesh and Saber got along, how fucking... Yeah. I mean, it also helped that there's a lot of intrigue uh, from beforehand. Like, there's a lot of intrigue like, oh, uh, Gilgamesh and Saber somehow knew each other in uh, Fate's Day Night. I wonder what that's about. I don't have any other material to go off of. I wonder who's the person that fostered Shiro. Um... Like, like all of this stuff, and then as soon as you see it, you're just like, I'm immediately invested, because now I know Gilgamesh is a thing, Saber is a thing, and they're going to fight in this one, and I know that, uh, Kitsurugi, Kitsurugi? Is that, is that the man? The uh, bad priest guy? Oh, fuck, no, not bad Kirei priest guy. Kodamine? Good guy? The, the, the cool guy. Yeah. Yes, that one. Yeah. Uh, you see him, and you realize how fucking awesome this guy is, and then you get a backstory for him. Well, that also tied in, because, like... Again, Fate Stay Night, the original series, didn't really do much to actually establish any of the mage stuff. Yeah. Rin's a mage, sweet. Uh, Ilya's a homunculus, okay, there's... What? Uh, sh what, what, else, what else is going on here? Shiro, Shiro has, has Technopath, is that a magic? Is that just a fucking EMP thing? What's going on there? Um, yeah, and, and then... Then 
Yeah, fucking Fate Zero had a lot more mage focus. And a lot yeah. more world building in general. Oh wait, no, Kiri's the bad guy. Oh okay. my god, what, fucking Kunimini Kiri. What's the good guy? I don't know. Um. Anyway, yeah, uh, they they focused on like how magic is produced, like magic like magic gems and crystals. They touched on it in Fate Stay Night with Caster being really sassy, um, essentially being like, "Yo, you think sacrificing all these peoples and homunculuses are bad? Is like is like good for business? Uh, let me show you some true mana." And then like uh, the guy she was uh, like essentially attached to uh, probably killed like thirty people to produce a a fairly big. And in the show... Kiritsugu. Yeah, there we That's go. That's the dad. All right. Okay. Anyway, I mean, just explaining, like, the world building and stuff. Just, yeah. like, killing 30 people who probably weren't mages to, like, to produce a, you know what, fairly, like, a fist-sized magic crystal. And then Castor was like, call this a fucking crystal. And fucking, like, exploded the place with mana crystal. It's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. Uh, and then, like, the whole infusing the gems and the thermology and, like, the homunculi. They, they explained all of that. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's that's probably why it fits it. Is that noise? I don't know. It's not I, my fault. I don't think it's being picked up. All right. Well, uh, ignore anyway. that. <laughs> uh, 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 fucking, yeah, no, Fate Zero was probably the best Fate-related series. And I'm very excited for Heaven's Feel, because apparently it's going to be in theaters, too. Ooh. I guess, well, it's going to be like a little bit of Blade Works, because that came out as a movie first. Then they made it into a TV series, which is a little weird, but whatever. I mean, yeah. I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the difference, to be honest. I probably should. Um, I mean, I, they just condensed the roots down yeah. into an hour and a half, maybe. Anyway, to, uh, I don't know. Like, it's it's a shame, because they have all twi- literally twice as much material for character building and stuff, because it's literally two teams. I just threw my hair elastic. You did. Two teams of, uh, like, servant and master, so that's at least 14 characters that they need to rush. We only know one of them. One of them? (laughs) Yeah, it's very confusing when you're like... And the thing is, that one of them is acting slightly out of character, because if you've watched, like, anything, like, he blatantly mentions it, like, yeah, let's go kill Ruler. Why would you want to kill Ruler? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I I think there's something up with that Shiro. Altogether, because, like... I think the, here his motivation is that he got hired by the church because he wanted to be more involved with the Holy Grail world, because he's, he, he's he's a first-hand victim as well as a successor to, like, what the Holy Grail is. Yeah. And he's trying to stop it. Um, however, for some reason, he's being very, like, dopey and headstrong about it. He does have a pretty fucking badass servant, though. Yeah, she's she's pretty cool. Oh, the writer. Writer's his. Yes. The the assassin lady? I have no idea who owns her. I must have I must have not been paying attention on that. Well the entire um the Siegfried versus Ryder match when she's like, Go kill go kill a ruler. He sends off his own servant to do that. Oh right. Okay. That makes that makes more sense. Okay. And then the vampire y Muji chick, that's assassin, and I don't know who she belongs to. But like that's so, another thing too, there's a lot of crossover, because that it's like is she caster or is she fucking? I mean, she uses a caster after fucking Shakespeare walks in. What up, caster? But, um, <laughs> yo, yo, what up? Um, she still has a noble phantasm that's a base, like caster does. I mean, everything is kind of like everything's kind of iffy. Like 
in my opinion, I think Rollbreaker would have been, like, it's an awesome mage phantasm, but it could also have been really fit well into the assassin phantasm. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know. It's, like, it's very weird. Could you, could you imagine, like, assassin Loki with Rollbreaker? Like, that's totally his character. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely going to be more rushed, but, like, at least they have these little little details that I kind of really like that I don't think were uh, shown in in the manga that I remember because after the uh, <laughs> after the ruler quote unquote fight, i.e. Uh, Saber comes in and goes, "What are you doing? That's the ruler. Don't don't fuck with her." And they and then they fought. And the sun comes up and the writer er, yeah he was like, "All right, master, we're we're just." We're just leaving. You know, fuck it. Why not? Well, yeah, right. It was like, your, your master's not gonna, I guess they're all vampires or some shit. Cause like, if he's in the sunlight, your master's not gonna enjoy it. So, bye! We'll fight later. <laughs> yeah, it was ambiguous, but it's one of those tight moon ambiguous things. It's yeah. like, it's definitely gonna be explained later, but like, for now, ooh, you get the guess. a fucking different series entirely. And then like, <laughs> and then like, Ruler looked at her luggage and it's just all fucking destroyed and shit. And I'm like, oh, poor. <laughs> no, I I like Joan of Arc. I mean, she's pretty much a saber new. Now, that Joan of Arc is saber two electric boogaloo, and then uh, what's your face is saber. Yeah, Mortar is essentially just saber two, except she gets to fight things more often. Well, pretty much just like Sundare version of. Well, I'm mean, not even Sundare. You see, they couldn't step away from Saber too much because obviously, like, Saber is a popular character. So they made two Sabres. Yeah. It also, um, fun fact pink haired rider Alfonso or something like that? Yeah. That's a guy. Yes. Okay. Just before somebody's. I, I hope to God Teddy's like, that's my waifu. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> pink hair, fair skin. Mm. Yep. Um, he was very chipper. I mean,. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I actually like Alfonso, probably one of my favorite characters in the series right now. It's like, we're gonna save you! What? Yeah, we're saving you, it's fine, come with me, let's go! No, fuck it, why not? I'm a paladin, paladins are good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. A lot of the characters are funny. They injected a lot of, like, humor into what I thought was going to be a... Much, much like the entire, like, fate slash anything. There's a lot of, like, serious, let's go to war moments, but, like, everything else is just, like, very funny, very, like... I guess quirky is more more the word for it. As I like a, that Frankenstein is our angry Moe Blob. <laughs> she is adorable. I love right? her. Right? Exactly. There you go. Moe Blob. We need to have one. <laughs> it's like, friend. Mm. I'm like, <laughs> berserker? Mm. <laughs> Don't use your full noble phantasm. Got it? <laughs> <laughs> right? She sees why, why Why isn't Fran using her full noble phantasm? And she's like, <laughs> 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 What's your name? <laughs> Favorite. Best best line. Best line. She, man, so many quotable moments from her. <laughs> I'm actually kind of sad Spartacus got murked as well, as quickly as he did. Yeah. I, I like Berserkers, especially when they're, like, as crazy as Spartacus was, where he's just like, I was summoned. Nobody saw me get summoned, and my only character arc is me running through the fucking forest full tilt towards bad guys. Fuck it! So, Fisherman, you bad guy? I'm gonna fight bad guys. You gonna fight bad? I'm gonna fight bad guys. La 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 la. Just fucking sprints in the woods. Like, immediately. Like, the very first thing, like, we don't even get introduced to any of the uh, servants of Red. 
We just get like, all right, so here's my servant. I'm Shiro. You know what? Mordred is here. There's the assassin. You know what? That's cool. Let's go fight Ruler. Uh, who are the rest of the... Ser- oh, oh, fuck. Berserker's going at it. All right. <laughs> oh, like, like, I literally had to look up who the other fucking servants are because I was like, nobody got any backstory to anything. Like, the black servants are all like, oh, look, this is this person. That's that person. Who is that? Uh, you. Who are you? No, don't tell you. Don't tell them who it is. But, like... We got we got nothing on the red team. That's that's the tight moon. I want to strangle them sometimes. Sort of writing. I mean, all right. So we have assassin who is unnamed. We have uh, saber who is named. We have berserker who is named. Rider who is named. Uh, Archer and lancer. Uh, they did name drop, but Atlanta's Archer and lancer is something from um, like Middle Eastern stuff. Oh, for, for I thought it was like. I thought Achilles was in this one, to be honest. Achilles is Ryder. Okay, Achilles is Ryder then. Alright. Uh, which... he dashes away on a chariot. Yeah, okay, there we go. That... Fuck, I'm stupid. Caster Shakespeare. Yeah, Caster Shakespeare. So, like, we know everyone, it's just we don't have any characterization. Yeah. And even though... That, and even all the servants were light on characterization. Like, do you even know who Lancer is besides Gables? I mean, there's, there's you... not really much history on fucking yeah. Irish goddamn Lancers. Well, I mean, there is, but, like, not enough that it's well-known. <coughs> like, you say Cake Arthur, you're like, oh, fuck! Here's the thing, they stretch enough for it to be interesting enough for a Google search. It's who, true. Who was this guy? Oh, he's a philosopher. He also happens to build golems. Yeah. I have no idea who the fuck that guy's name is. I can't remember it, but, like... Uh, Solomon something something yeah, Greek, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, it might not be Greek. Either way, like... Jewish, I think. Yeah, Jewish. There we go. It is Jewish. Yeah, because yeah. of golems. And he just, all he wants to do is build, like, the, I want to build the masterpiece. The masterpiece of, the my people, or someone else's people. Yeah. I think he, looking him up, he was a philosopher of, like, ethics and stuff, which is really funny, yeah. considering he's just cremating Fucking, people. Yeah, homunculus city. I mean, I guess it's more ethical than actual humans. Maybe. Don't fucking... I mean, his golems are, like, homunculus. So what are these? It's just fucking fleshy golems. That fucking homunculus is going to get turned into such a badass golem. Or, because it's the heart of a servant, things get a little fucky, as they usually do with Titan Moon. I because, like, in, in some of the series, the ser- or the masters can go fucking toe-to-toe with the servants. And so far, none of the masters, except for maybe Shiro and the fucking necromancer guy, looks like they can do anything of value. Well, that's because the necromancer guy has guns. And yeah, his fucking seriously, he's got guns. His fucking email system of I'm gonna make a fucking desk made of bones and a hand with a quill. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I love I, that guy. I love the fucking lower building, like the world building in this. Here's a grenade. It's also a heart, and it's also gas. Fuck you, you guys. <laughs> as soon as he pulled that out, I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> and it looks like the bullets are actually like fingertips or something. Because after he fires, he controls them. And since he's a necromancer, I guess that kind of makes sense. Because he just, like, aims it at three people and just fires and he gets them all in the throat. See, that's cool. I'm fucking... I'm all... There's, all chips are right on him. There's the Quicksilver blob. There's the fucking... I'm going to kick my own magic circuits and fucking fire it into guns. And then there's the fucking guy with finger bullets that he can control. And Caster's Master, who just fucking fist fights people. <laughs> <laughs> like... And- that's right. We we do have a set of badass masters, right? You know, you got the the necromancer guys. Fucking necromancer, he's cool shit. Uh, sweet, 
We have nothing. We know nothing about Caster's Master in Fate Zero. He's just a goddamn businessman. And he just fist fights Archer like fucking nothing. And Bladeworks, that was his arc, is that he was a business guy who kind of fell out of society. He was in the war and he tried to come back, but like, they, they characterized them as he was in the war. He was a very uptight guy in the war. Like, he was, yeah. like, he was a grunt, but he survived. And he was like, all right, time to go back to society. And then he went back to society, and he was just like, yeah, no, I'm kind of st- still stuck in the mindset. So, like, being my own person is not an option. So I'm just going to fucking train for the rest of my life. And then, like, Caster came, and it was just like, finally, someone to, like, share my feelings with or, like, some shit. And then he fucked it up. And then Caster, like, stuck around anyway. That was, that was, that was his entire character. Other than that, he's a businessman and he fights. He goes toe to toe with fucking Saber. Yep. I mean, to be fair, Saber was a little weak, but she still had a fucking invisible sword and a fucking world, like, city destroying (laughs) ultimate. Yeah, seriously though. And Shiro, who fucking has no real ability to him until the end, is still like, Brain Eye Gilgamesh, I'll fucking fight you, I don't care. But. I'd like to think he was fucking drunk off of it. Like, could you imagine Shiro just drunk off his ass there? Spring on! Oh, look, there's fucking swords. Just fucking throw a sword at you. Like, do- doesn't he end up Noble Phantasming? Yes. Yeah, because yes, he, he, he eliminated Blade Works. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, like, what? Because, yeah, his chance is different a little bit. I remember now. I mean, in Limited Blade Works, I don't know if it was the same in Fates Day Night, but he learned that from, like, there was a training montage of uh, him and Saber fighting, because obviously he was a pleb to your pleb. And, uh, like, she was complimenting him, just like, oh, yeah, no, like, your your battle movements are getting a little better, but, like, it feels like the sword is a little unwieldy for you. And at that point, you've seen, uh, he, he's seen Archer just, like, with the dual-wield blades as well. And he was just like, I want to try, I want to try something. So he, like, takes these shorter kendo sticks and dual-wields them, and it fucking turns out amazing for him. Yeah. And then he's just like, fuck. What else could I do that's almost him? And then, like, Archer just comes up and is like, Try to copy me? What a bitch. And he's just like, <laughs> Just bring it on. And he gets his ass kicked. Naturally. <coughs> it's also when Saber gets stolen. I don't know. It's it, about there, yeah. It was a little while ago. Because that's when he learns you can trace make blades. And they're not as strong, but, like, you know. They fell apart. His magic circuits literally blew up when he was trying to do that. In the visual novel, I don't know if they actually did it in the show, but, like, his. his he he did a ju- he did work at school, yes. and it was fixing things yeah, because that's... he could just hold stuff and be like trace. All right, it's broken here. Fix done. Yeah, that was, that was actually a huge character arc for him. Okay, because it, it wasn't explained in a little bit of Blade Works, and I can't remember Fate Day Night like the actual show for fucking. It's been a long. It was it was hinted in a little bit of Blade's work, uh, Blade Works, or at least the show. <laughs> I know the trace lot... was, but I don't know if he was fixing shit. Oh no, it was it was established that like uh, for example. He was tracing something in his own home, and then he went to school, and the, uh, the uh, fucking scoo- uh, student council guy was like, so, uh, could you go fix, like, we have a problem with air conditioning, and, like, uh, yeah, that would have been the show, then. Hmm? That would have been the show. Yeah, so. that would have been the show. Yeah. The show expanded a lot more, I would have assumed. I mean, you had, like, what, 25, 26 episodes or something? Uh, 25 is standard for them, so yeah. Yeah, instead of an hour and a half movie. And yet... In Prisma Ilya, 25 episodes is not enough to explain <laughs> fucking anything. Oh, hey, so you want to know where, like, Dark Side Ilya comes from? Oh, stay tuned for the next season. Oh, by the way, do you really want to know where Dark Side Ilya comes from? <laughs> or where the fucking partner girl that also seems to have equal abilities to Ilya, even though she's pretty much not confirmed homoculus or human? 
And kind of phantasm just doesn't have enough episodes, period. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one thing. It's like, there's no explaining yet, we want more of that. Right? There's no backstory, there's no fucking, like, getting more into the arc. It just uses pre-existing characters, pre-existing stories, and it's just like, beautiful. I want to curse Shiro so I can lay with him. <laughs> Raiden comes up, what are you doing? Plans, just like uh, <laughs> even like the melty blood stuff and melty blood stuff is still funny. Like I many things, yeah. They they like you don't know that series as well, but it's still like you don't need to know it because you still get the fucking gist of it. The main character is a piece of shit because he can date like seven women. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know that main character, but at least Shiro tries. Like in every anime ever, they try at the very least. He's pretty much just blue haired Shiro. Yeah. Except he has like the the god eyes. <laughs> yeah, they they don't they didn't really explain that in Colonel Phantasm, but like <clears throat> two of the Shikis, because then there's also fake Shiki. Um there's the female Shiki in the movies, and To there's a Tono Shiki? One of the one of the other Shikis. And then there's just fake Shiki or like all capitalized Shiki. That's different. <laughs> What? Yep. <laughs> oh, excuse me? Yeah, there's normal Shiki, female Shiki, and then Shiki! <laughs> what the fuck is that? Anime was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, two of them, at least, have like this ability to see lines and shit. Mm. And like you can take your fingernail and trace that line and just cut it in half. So, yeah, actually, they, they do explain it in the Carnival Phantasm at one point, because they have that crazy maid that's putting Shiki in the fucking... The test tube, yeah. and it's like gonna fill it up with water and kill him. And he's like, "Fuck!" and just cuts a hole in the bottom. Cause yeah, he could do that. That's that's kind of his power shit, which is cool. But that's the I think the only time they ever touch on the kind of phantasm. Hold on, I need to get a hammer. Fucking runs <laughs> off for hours. Hold on, I need to get the ladder. Runs <laughs> off for hours. Um, in the Mugen fighting games that I played like way way long ago, he was also the most broken because the moment he got like five bars, he could just kill you immediately because he's just like, well, I see the lines that you're made of and I just cut them while you're dead. I think that's amateur Mugen in general, yeah. though. Everybody's like, oh, Super Saiyan 4 Gogeta. <laughs> I mean, obviously Superman's the most powerful character. I, uh, I, I would play Darkwing Duck. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, Darkwing Duck in Mugen. It was great. I was going to do like part of the theme song because it was actually very relevant. Like, Darkwing. Uh, but it's like get dangerous. Let's get dangerous. It was the line preceding, uh, like uh, whatever. Fuck it. It was in regards to the calling DW, but it's fine. Okay. It's fine. I already ruined it. And then, and then I just think Arthur. You no, know, we haven't explained where we've been, and we just like we oh, yeah. we, we so- fucking <laughs> burst out of the gates with anime, and it's just like, and then it was the it's the worst anime because it's completely non beginner friendly anime. Oh yeah, no, this is so like-, like anyone listening to this would have to be a fucking ace would always would already have to have a book report written <laughs> about Fate Zero and Fate Stay Night in order to understand what we're saying. This is anime one hundred and two. <laughs> um. uh, yeah, no, please uh, please refer to anime one hundred and one. Do we need to do an anime one hundred and one episode? My god, we should. I think we need to get Teddy for that one. Oh, no, he would be fucking perfect. <laughs> like, um, we can even explain just the fucking basic-ass basic tropes of anime and how fucking dumb they are. Like, it, there, any any anime ever has to have a high school and a beach, beach scene. Exactly. Like, for some reason, all the high school kids are are there. For whatever. Here they are. There you go. 
Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And, like, everyone's boobs are at least, like, if you're not slated as the Moe or the Sundare character or a background character, your boobs are larger than your head. It's a good thing that they're all magical and godlike, otherwise back problems would be very rapid in Japan. It looks very unsetting to actually, like... You can't run! You can't run with those! My friend Lauren, back in high school, had the biggest boob-to-body ratio, because she was very wee. I've mentioned her before. Yes. Watching her play kickball, like, the whole, like, kick the... like, recess style... She'd kick, and the momentum of her boobs would make her go flying! She had to hold her chest when she ran the bases. This is she had to run with her arms crossed over her chest. That's, that I feel bad. You can't you can't have you can't have a huge massive frame with a small tiny body. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Um. But yeah, where you you were sick. All right. So where were we? I was sick, and I'm actually still sick. You might have noticed the coughing, and it only. Like, sore throat's gone. I had, like, laryngitis for a week. It was pretty bad. Um, the other week we just didn't do it because I don't, can't remember why. I think we were busy. Last week? No, oh. last week, what, the reason why oh, the is reason, because I yeah, had no, the laryngitis. It was, it was my birthday week and it was just weird. Oh, yeah, okay. Everything, everything was weird. Everything kind of turned up weird for the last two weeks. We don't care to miss a week, but missing two weeks is very, like, weird. Did, didn't we get the rushed one last week? Or the week before? Uh, I... Because it was, we missed one, rushed one, missed one. Now, to be fair, I have spent the week in bed, so God for like God knows what I actually did during the fucking week. All I know is I drafted a bunch, and that's it. Like that's that's literally the only memory that comes to mind, and that's because I got sick off the drafting. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess we we drafted a lot. We did. I've done at least a lot of drafts. You've done a couple. Um. I'm still undefeated in the draft. That's a nice feeling. Uh, I'm very defeated in draft because I make I make good decisions. At the beginning, and then I realize, wow, I have no fucking late game. I always think, I always think the aggro game. I'm still in the mindset of like, this is a constructed format. I need early game creatures in order to survive. No, it's fucking. Yeah. No, it's fucking. Seven drops are viable. Not only are seven drops viable, but the bombs that you would never ever see in constructed happen to also scry and gain life. Yeah. So. I mean, my piece de resistance was probably that fucking... I don't know, because that black-white thing I made last week was real spicy. But having three seven sevens for seven, that's cry three, and therefore give me seven life because I'm going to find another seven seven for seven off the top, it was really fucking hard to beat. See, all I had were, like... My, my idea was sand wallas to uh, swing for three, early game pressure, and then late game. When I got to the late game, there was no late game. Yeah, I, uh... I forced late game with uh, my last one just because any of their late game, I just held back all my fucking removal because mm. I ended up getting a ton of removal. Best fucking card to draft, like I think pack two, somebody passed me Torment of Scarabs, which is that curse. Yeah, and uh, I think three times I got it out on curve, and it just it just took the game away. You see, last time I drafted and I was very unsuccessful. Like at least I had money in the last dra- like in the other drafts that I had. But in the drafts that I absolutely lost, I had pulled three, uh, life is, tr- like, life goes on. I pulled three root wallas. And then I realized I have so much sustain in my deck just based off of these six cards. Because I, I technically have a 3-3 three, three for, well, 3-3 three, three for three, but like a 1-1 one, one for one when I need it. And like so many fucking, like, instant cast buffs. Everything was great, except, oh, I'm gonna summon a fucking 7-7. Seven, seven. <sighs> Sweet. 
how am I going to deal with that? Yep. With my fucking three threes? Yep. <laughs> and my gain eight lives? Oh no, you're swinging for seven? Yeah, that's... Yeah, the, the black-white one was probably my favorite, because it just went... Because there's, there's a lot of lifelink in this, or like a lot of game life yep. ways in Owl and Owl Cat, so I just went... Like, actually, is this it here? It's like, ugh, everything I picked was black-white with ga- life gain. No, this is a different one. I have a feeling... Based on their design, that they like knew modern was a shit show. Well, modern's always been a shit show for like aggro. Like it's it's turn four bust, and that's normal decks. Yeah. Um. But like standard, I feel like kind of needed to calm down, especially with the whole like huge swing in aggro. I have a feeling as soon as someone like makes a deck based off of life gain, it's gonna balance out real fucking quick because that's just so efficient. The only thing that it doesn't beat is, like, Electrostatic Crumbler and a lot of other, uh, I have a 6-6 six, six with lifelink type of, type of decks. I found it. What a brain. <laughs> I was like, I knew I had it somewhere. Um, also, it's an insect. Even though it's, like, actual money. Um, now this, I'm really, like, just, there's a lot to this set that I'm liking, like, to the point where we've actually started playing Standard. Standard! Weird still to me. It's it's still a weird thing. Mostly because I don't know what I'm up against ever. I don't know what to worry about. I don't know if what I'm doing is they're gonna get me in a second because they're like, oh yeah. shit, you shouldn't have played that. But it's like I can I can resolve a threat and not have it passed. That honestly scared me when I played my electrostatic pummeler, expecting it to die. Because my play in my head was, alright, it's turn three. I have six energy. If I play Electrostatic Crumbler, I have nine. I have another one in my hand and a blossoming in the fence. So here's what's going to happen. Uh, I'm going to play my Electrostatic Crumbler. It's going to get removed because every every form, like, every time you play a threat in Modern, it's like, I know that threat did remove it. Yep. So Electrostatic Crumbler <clears throat> plays on the field, even against, like, the fucking control deck I was playing against. I was like, all right, so pass the turret. Oh, it's gonna die, and I fucking crossed my arms, crossed my legs, waiting for the fucking carnage. You know what that motherfucker did? He drew cards. He drew fucking cards. And I was like, that motherfucker just stay? Alright, swing for 36! (laughs) (laughs) I was shocked. I did not know what to do. I was like, do I play the other one? Like, what the fuck's going on? No, I, I lost pretty bad. The first round, because I didn't know what targets to hit. Yep. And that's on me. I don't know the format, so, like, it was a Wine Constrictor deck. I know Wine Constrictor's good, but, like, then themselves aren't the threat. So, I, I had a Declaration in Stone, but I, I pretty much got rid of the wrong thing, essentially. That, that fucked me. Whatever. I accept that. I don't know what I'm doing. Rumble is staring directly at me. My chinchilla is very angry, apparently. He heard about the fucking match. He's just like, he should have removed the pummeler! Poor guy. Um... Yeah, so that, I lost that one. Round two was against that small child who had, I don't think he really knew what the hell he was doing with that lifelink nonsense. Those poor small children. Yeah, the white and the black. You played against his younger brother, who had even less of an idea what he was doing. It, it felt like he took, like, it felt like he joined in for an Emma Kit draft, or even worse, he, he took the chaff from an Emma Kit draft. He was there Wednesday. Yeah. So he was drafting, and I was passing him relatively decent things. Because I knew my colors, and he was drafting face up, so everybody knew his colors, and it was white green. And I was like, well, here's a green thing, and every good green thing I put to the front of the pack, but sometimes they skipped it over, so I was like, dude, just take, take the thing in the front. 
You'll want the thing in the front. Take the, take the thing in the front. I never fought him, and like me helping him would not have helped. I'm pretty sure he he went zero and three, but you know. That and then man, he just took that, I guess, to standard. That man removed my electrostatic pummeler once, and that was the only bit of removal he had in the deck because I played two more. That wasn't ready to swing because I had no buff cards. But by God, by the third turn of them swinging for one, I was like, "Sweet, there's all my fucking buff cards." Yep, you can take. That's another thing too. You can take your time with this. I'm. I was. Uh, that last match that I did, I was like, I could go for this card here, or I can go for Void Winnower, keep him off playing two costs, and just slowly grind the game out, maybe. And then, yeah, turn four or five or something like that. I, I got Void Winnower out. Didn't swing, didn't do anything. I just, I just put was, him out there. It was chill. And I, I won because he couldn't cast any cards in his hand. That's why. That's why I wanted to build Electrostatic Pummeler because I was, I was worried about the. I was worried about the format, in that I don't know if it was going to be a aggro shit show or something modern-like, where it's a weird mix between uh, play everything and swing or control the board until you can play everything and swing. Um, but, like, yeah, no, it's it's very chill. I could actually have a missed turn one as an aggro deck and not be punished for it. I don't know how to be... Yeah, I don't know how to react to this. I mean, I went 3-1, so... I mean, I went 3-1. We I mean, both went 3-1. So, like, I can't be too upset. It's 20 bucks. I mean... I don't know. I'm excited to play again, but, like, I'm feeling my cockiness is just going get to me, get me killed. And by yeah. that, I mean... <coughs> that. But also, <laughs> uh, as much cockiness as I'm going to bring into the, into the jam, um, it's... Again, it's just such a slow... It's a slower format. Aggro decks aren't expected to kill... Well, they're still expected to kill turn four, like modern, but there's less of a pressure. Like, there's no one drop that says no except for Fatal Push in the format right now. Yeah. And, like, my win con is three mana, so good luck getting that fucking revolt off. And all my win cons are technically zero mana. Because they're four four tokens. That's something that somebody... That, like, nobody seems to realize, is that they're... Like, I bring them back from the graveyard, but, yep. like, because Godfair's Gift says so, and they're a 4 4 token, although they're technically exiled, I'm just using them because they don't have any effect in the graveyard now, yep. and they're exiled from the game, I'm just using them as a placeholder. And nobody seemed to go push. So, I mean, I'm not complaining, because I resolved three angels one game against black, and See, I was that's, like, cool. That's why I spent money on unsummons, because if I did run into that archetype, I could just go, alright, there goes your token, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, getting rid, like, Having one slot away from an aggro play, uh, like, I, I would definitely get rid of a uh, Invigorated Assault, like, main buff card, for one unsummon to get rid of a 6-6 six, six with lifelink. Like, that's way too worth it. That, uh, that guy that we uh, we try to collectively ignore because, like, he doesn't understand how to do social anything. Yep. He was playing a black-red weird... Deck. It's pretty much just a Tog in Affinity, or like a Popper Affinity. Yep. So sacrifice a bunch of artifacts, make things big, turn sideways. I want to see you grow up against that, just because make a whole bunch of things, make it big, swing, like, cool. Unsummon? <laughs> <laughs> I love my sideboard. Because unlike Modern, where you have to board in with your colors as best as you can, fuck it, just fucking push the color blue in there. Yes. It was... Pretty bad when like game two was. I didn't really clue in that I should have 
decked his shit. Yeah. But that's fine. Game three, I'm like, alright, cool, I just... You played a guy, I killed him. You played a guy, I killed him. You played a guy, I killed him. He's like, whatever, I get clues, you know, I can sacrifice the clues to the thing to make it bigger. I'm like, yeah, cool, but you need to find another threat. You don't have too much dig through your dead. Oh, look, you're dead now, bye. That man felt like he was... In his mind, he was doing well. Yeah. But in reality, he's, he's one of those people that are like... That man's a Hanzo main. Yes. In, like... Not in the worst possible way, but in the mindset of a Hanzo main, Hanzo can do no wrong because he's killing one person. And he gets the occasional play of the game and spams an alt chat when he does. Yes, that, that one play of the game makes sure that he's the best person in that server. Yeah, yeah. even though they lost, he's also probably flaming in all caps, how do we lose I got play of the game? Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, he is the, how did I lose? I have 12 fucking clues that I can buff my dude up plus 24. It's just like, it's all Okay. You're going to crack him all to draw your guy, and then, oh, you can't play him because you paid all your mana to crack clues to get, oh, you're dead now. Turn things sideways, you oh, lose. Man, oh, man, look at all these sideways things. Oh, Six life flank. Oh, good luck getting back up from that. What was really fun is he had, game one, he had a ton of shit out, and I was like, okay, so you sacrifice that to get that. Cataclysmic Gear Hulk. <laughs> Wipe all your artifacts away. Brilliant, because, it, like, alright. Game one faced against uh, Control Mill. Not a lot that I could do about that, especially because I don't know the format, so, like, he wiped the floor with me. He uh, looks like a, not a nice person to talk to, but then he's alright in game. I don't know. He. I would say that's exactly it. He he seems okay. Yeah. Um, like an asshole looking at him, but when he's playing Kairos, he's kind of okay, so, whatever. He, he looked like he was having a good time either way. Yeah. Um, like, even when I had my electrostatic probably on the swing for, like, essentially ending game two, it was just like, you won, I won, whatever, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, game, game two, fought against the kid. Game three, I can't, I honestly can't remember what I fought against, but game four, I think I fought against, uh, Marvel, uh, combo. Well, Marvel's banned. I mean, the, uh, light version of, like, the, the one that replaced Marvel combo. I can't remember what it is. I have no idea. Um, but it was some combo with that type of thing. Um, killed him turn one because he didn't go up. No, I know what I played, played against. Um, I played against that weird replacement for Marvel combo, and then I played against, uh, the, I'm going to place down my one drop, like, fucking 7-Elevens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the, I remember, yeah the, yeah, the vehicle, weird vehicle list. He was trying to draw cards, I was, well, actually, the combo one, I was, he was trying to draw cards and I was negating. Uh, the one that I fucking won against him was, I swung for 36 every time I won, but, like, when I sideboarded in all of my blue, I was just like, sweet, there's some nice vehicles you have there. <laughs> not only are they not starting because of negate, but next turn they're just going to be returning. Yeah, because he's second. playing Start the Engines. It was a weird Start the Engine deck, right? I really liked it as the thing, and if he updated it, like, he admitted that he didn't update it ever since, like, Emma Kit came out. So if he updated it, I think it's good. it would have been a spicy deck. Or at least it would have been a start of a spicy deck. I, I like that a lot. I mean, I, I like the concept, too. It's yeah. fun. I mean, it's no swings 36 trample. That's true. And one hexproof creature. But uh, it's it's definitely like a... Yeah, it got me down to two. Like, I wasn't prepared for it. So bad. I was contemplating, like, losing the game because of that. I was just like, alright, so do I block and risk the draw, or, like, does he have a shock? It was, a, it was a weird red-white deck, wasn't it? Or was it just red? Uh, red-white, I believe, okay. yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
still really weird. Really neat. Like, that's another thing, too. Stan- FNM, at least, has, like, this weird mishmash of neat decks. I mean, all right. Modern is going to be forever a format where if you join in, you have to be competitive. Like, you can play anything. It's just that you have to have an up-to-date staples list and competitive, like, mindset. Standard appears, or at least Friday Night Magic Standard, appears to be more of a... Let's uh, just fucking go in and play Magic the Gathering, which I can respect to a point. Yeah. But as a... I, I like that as far as, like, going back into standard. As a, I like it. Yeah. As a modern junkie, however, I'm kind of, like, I'm kind of iffy. I feel bad when I whip a kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, you fucking wrecked that family. I fucking shoved my knee so far up that small child's asshole. Yeah, it was, it was kind of funny, because, like, you were number seven, so I was sitting right beside you at table eight, and both him and his brother were sitting right beside him, so it's like, all right, this feels like a not-quite-two-headed giant where we're just bitch-slapping kids the entire night. So dumb. Felt bad. <coughs> Might as well have been. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still fun, though. Yeah, no, I, it standard was a surprising amount of fun. Um, maybe because I kind of missed the competitive card games. Like, as much as I like Commander with the group, Commander of the Group is always going to be Commander of the Group. Yeah. Um, although, now that I have new decks, I'm kind of excited to play again. I have, uh... I, Kenny, Kenny from the store said, like, Commander, something, something Commander. My perfect... What's the word for it? Oh my god, I can't think of a word. Uh, what, what is... What, what, what? It, it is like, like a, a phrase to explain something. Phrase to explain something. Yeah. Um... Mm. Now you got me thinking. Right? That's, that's fucking... a really awkward, like, silent dead air. Um. Anyway, fuck my life. I said Commander is like a, an aggressive game of Bop It, where there's like everybody's playing with one stick and also trying to put it in someone's asshole. <laughs> oh, bad like analogies for Commander. Thank you. There, there we go. go. Analogies. God damn it! I fucking. I feel like an asshole now. It's all right. I do too because I should have know. I should. I should know words, but I don't. No. Not <laughs> not. But yeah, no. This is, this is a bop, bop, aggressive bop it where somebody's trying to put it in the other person's asshole. Hmm. See, I kind of like the pillow fight where someone's hiding a shotgun. That's also true. It is also true. Where everyone's hiding a shotgun, ideally. Or like, um, you know that crocodile game where like you push the teeth down. Yes. But, like, it's exacto blades. See, why would you even, why would you even risk that? I mean, like, sh- sure you can put it down, cause like, let's, I mean, let's look at the exacto blade. You can push it down here. Yeah. You can push it right down right there. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want to get caught down here. No. No. And yet, this is what we do to ourselves. <laughs> Fucking playing commander. God damn it. Oh, let's play, uh, Mountain Soul Ring, uh, Civic Signet. Your turn. Fuck that guy. Fuck him now. <laughs> Put the bobbit stick up his asshole. Twist it. Twist it. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly you have a suppository on your hand. It's true. So fucking. Game's fucking stupid, and I love it. <coughs> Dead. I can tell. What else has changed in the past lucky fucking forever? Uh, besides anime, wrestling, and. Talking weird, diving in the standard, not really much. Uh,. Before our last episode, we went to see uh, Tupperware Remix Party. Oh, yeah, it was a good fucking concert. It was very awkward, the uh, getting there, with the, the guy dancing around. It's painful. It's really painful. <laughs> I know, I... I thought we were in the bar, and I was just like, 
They they essentially fucked on the dance floor. It it yep. Yep, this this Asian guy and this really tall lanky guy that I'm pretty sure I know. Just fucking tearing tear ass. Tearing tear, something. I also like during crowd surfing. There's like, oh, cute girl trying to crowd surf. Oh, look at that. That's quirky. And then like immediately some fucking like, not grizzled man, but some guy that definitely is less adorable. I like that they crowd surfed them back maybe 10 feet and then stopped because they didn't want to move them sideways, I guess, because there was like a smoke or projector right there and they would smash their head on it. I'm fairly certain that poor girl got her fucking head smashed on that fucking projector. I wouldn't be surprised. But overall, concert was fucking great. Tower was probably still remains fantastic. And it's my third year in the row seeing them. Maybe they, they they sold out this time or something. Like they yeah they, yeah they mentioned they sold out. Yeah yeah they mentioned they sold out. So they mentioned very limited door tickets and evidently they sold. Yeah yeah. So it was, it was a good time. Highly recommend if anybody sees Tower Remix Party. Good time. I was surprised that they did the hit not because of the whole like uh, not like, having Danny. Well I I. I it, my opinion, the most popular version of the hit is with Danny, but I, I had a feeling like they just didn't want to do, like, it's one of their songs that they just didn't want to do all of the time, because it's always, always requested. Yeah. Um, but no, they were, they were cool. They, they played it last, which is the hypest thing, because they were like, yeah, we we're gonna do one more song, and they did, like, another song, and it's just like, alright, alright, alright. I think we know exactly how to end this. And then they, as soon as they played the hit, everyone fucking freaked out. Yeah. The first year they were here, they ended up playing the other song that they did with Danny, New York Baby, which is not played at all anymore, it seems, but that is also one of my favorite songs, just because, like, not because Danny, but just because it's, like, one of those, like, it's like the hit. It's it's one of yeah. those, like, oh my god, this is hype. They, or uh, Groove Crusaders. Groove Crusaders, Crusaders is amazing. Like, I thought they were going to end it off with that. No, oh my god. The, like, the entire album of Groove Crusaders is pretty good. Um... But just fucking Commander Meowch. Commander Meowch is the bassist of Tower of Party. And he's a fucking legendary bassist. He's like, a beast? No pun intended. He's a beast man. He's fucking... He's funny and, like, legit an amazing bassist. They they, they turned the bass way up, too. Because, like, it's a funky 70s, 80s style band, but from the future, but from space. It's essentially... Uh, I don't know. It's like... <laughs> it's weird. It's weird to describe... Except for as you've described it there. I was going to say, like... Because a lot of them a lot of them are, like, kind of feel-good songs like Daft Punk, but they actually have, like, a lyrical... They even did the Daft Punk cover, too. That yeah, was fucking it was great. amazing. Yeah, we, we borrowed this hit. Just, just for a night. Just for a night. Just for, just for a night. It was so good. It was so fucking good. Yeah, that was unexpected. That was, that was amazing. I, uh... That was a great time. They did uh, Under the Covers with Ninja Sex Party, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh. I don't know, amazing if they did, like... Well, not amazing if they did some of their covers, but, like, just thrown them in besides that F-Punk one. Last year, they did Jump. They ended off with a Jump before they came back for the Encore thing. That's a fucking hype thing. Yeah. They they know how to hype up their crowd, at the very least. That is true. They like, they kill it. They have a good stage presence. I mean, not only because they dress up in a fucking goofy robot getup, but, like, they, they just so much charisma... And nunchucks, I guess. High kicks. High, high kicks, kicks, nunchucks. They do some choreography every so often with, like, guitar, guitar, bass. Like, <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Fucking great. I was like, I think it, like, yeah, it was, yeah, I was blown away by it. Couple weird mix party, if you happen to be surfing the internet, 
and listening to these two idiots gush about, I guess, anime and feel like, wow, these guys... They definitely know their music. I trust them. (laughs) You should come on the podcast. Halifax Pride, baby. Nova Scotia Pride, more accurately. It's a good time, though. Highly recommend. If anybody sees Tobey Ruggs Party go by, definitely jump on it. It's a good night. Oh, yeah. Even if you don't know anything about their music and you're not, like... I don't know. If 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 you like old older style, like, 90s songs, they're a great listen. If you like pop songs, they're a great listen. Like, there's not a lot that they can actually go wrong if you just introduce yourself to them. Yeah. If you like the weird vocals from Daft Punk occasionally where it's all electronic, definitely through a modulator and some sort of, like tube thing that Sting uses with his guitar to, to fuck with the voice. Also real good. And if, by God, you see uh, someone named Dan Abadan uh, do, vo- like, like it's going to be uh, Tupper Rubik's Predator feature Dan Abadan or Danny Sexpang or whatever, like, probably his date name, to be honest. Uh, that's that's a fucking concert to go to. That, yeah, if... if Lo and behold, one day the Ninja Sex Party also comes here with Twerp, it'll be... Not only will it be fucking sold out, it would be fucking hype as shit. Like yeah. it, it'll be sold out a month in advance. No, if if that if there's whispers <laughs> on the wind of like them doing a Canadian tour, which they've mentioned a couple times that they want a tour in Canada, <laughs> they they would have to get the forum at that point. Like the seahorse would not be able to hold that. Yeah, no, it it would actually physically be like it'd be too big. It'd be too big for like it'd be not. I can't say too big for Halifax, because, like, Metallica came here, so, like, whatever. Yeah. But, like, in... I don't know. They're very popular, and I, I, if they do do a Canadian tour, they would have to come here, because evident, like, evidently they're influenced a lot by Twerp nowadays. Yeah. Um, so, of course, they'd have to pay homage, which I'm personally excited for, because, like, it almost guarantees that if they're doing a Canadian tour, that they are going to do one in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Like, even if they do one in New Brunswick, because that would be the more popular, like... Here's the tour thing, because Metallica yeah. went there, like, a lot of other big bands went there. Most places don't come to fucking Halifax. I'm pretty sure Twerp would convince them to go to Nova yeah, Scotia. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's the homeland, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a good time. Holy fuck, that would be a good concert, though. Right? Like, people would go fucking nuts. It'd be weird. I'd, I'd, I'd throw my panties up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy panties to throw up there. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, right, I mean well. that's I mean it's over an hour, yeah. Yeah. Wait, we stay. That's, that's an hour. They're not getting back. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. You know, we're we're clawing desperately to cling to life, even though we're being dragged from 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 life to death. So you might as well blank out and drink some bleach to forget an hour of it. Yep. Like every existence is horror and pain. All you're doing is working your flesh meat. It'll refer the flesh meat to decay, and then you die, and then who else is going to be stuck with your debt? Evidently, your other family, so you might as well just fucking end the, the fucking pertinent hour at a time. <laughs> the best, the best way to listen to us, obviously, is in the car at 144 kilometers an hour, <laughs> <laughs> either drifting <laughs> off of a bridge or directly towards a wall, or in the opposite lane of traffic. <laughs> Don't end other people's life because you want to listen to us. I mean, I think it's it's honestly our fault at this point. Either way, it. That creates jobs as well. You're making other people. <laughs> Someone's got to clean up that mess. And I would have to write the report. <laughs> How would you feel bad if, like, they did a fucking report and it's just like we found we found the uh, we found the victim of the accident 
Like, it, it looks like he went 140 directly at a brick wall, and his radio was on loop playing this episode. Like, I would just write it like normal. Playing, playing dudes in a comic shop. Like, how would you, how would you feel? I would have to, like, redact all the pertinent information that's, like, you know, confidential, but then what isn't redacted, I would frame. (laughs) (laughs) Like, news articles being like, oh, hey, we need to, we need you to write this report, uh, for this guy, and, like, they, they had, they, they cite, like, dudes in a comic shop, like, dudes in a comic shop starring, like, Devin Connellan and, and, and Christopher Ken, blah, 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 and it's just like, Here's a quarters re- like here. Here's a traffic report written by Devin Collins. It's just like it's, it's so amazing. <laughs> they were in on it the whole time. <laughs> they murdered this person. It's it's a first. It's see, a scam. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fix. I tell you, it's a fix. You see, now we need to like make a. Like, we need to do a death clock where the their album that made people drown was actually just an album for fish. We need uh, this album, this this specific episode of the podcast to only be intended for uh, vehicles, vehicle audiences. Crash Test Dummies. There we go. Crash Test Dummies. This podcast is only for Crash Test Dummies. <laughs> this specific episode, because we don't want to be held liable for people killing themselves. 